You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. If you're a Kings fan, pray for a miracle. Inbounds pass, grabbed by Barnes, wheels, fires for the win. He's got the bucket. Harrison Barnes, his time expires, being absolutely mobbed by his teammates. The Kings had 1.6 tenths of a second, and they created the pass, the long lead to Barnes. He was on the right wing. He wheeled in the same motion, fired, hit nothing but net. Kings get the victory, 100-98. to And the celebration continues now. It's circled all the way from the baseline to midcourt, down to the far free throw lane. And Harrison Barnes just being mobbed by his teammates with an absolute ear-to-ear grin. He turned, he launched over Dean Wade, and he hit nothing but net. The winning streak is intact, and the Kings get another victory against the Cavaliers, their fifth straight, their sixth in the last seven meetings. Look at that celebration. We ask for a miracle and the basketball gods deliver through their disciple, Harrison Barnes. Excellent call there by the G-man, Gary Gerald. Appreciate him and the Kings Radio Network allowing us to use that call here on the Locked On Kings podcast. We are celebrating Harrison Barnes' game winner, saving the Kings from what would have been a pretty bad loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, Marvin Bagley's days as part of the core here in Sacramento are done, in my opinion. I'll tell you why I believe the Kings should make it a top priority to move on from Marvin Bagley this offseason. Plus, where does Harrison Barnes' game winner rank amongst recent game winners for the Sacramento Kings, really, since the year 2000? It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been Sacramento Sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And boy, how fun was that game winner from Harrison Barnes on Saturday? I have one problem with it. And that's the fact that cardboard cutouts have gotten to witness yet another phenomenal moment this season that Kings fans are missing out on. How many moments, how many moments are those cardboard cutouts going to get that should belong to roaring Sacramento Kings fans? 17,000 fans would have blown the roof off the Golden 1 Center with that Harrison Barnes game winner. Very similar to when Bogdan Bogdanovich hit that game winner against the Lakers a couple seasons ago. Mix that in with Tyrese Halliburton's step-back four-point play against the Golden State Warriors, plus De'Aaron Fox's 44-point performance. There are so many things that would have just absolutely lit the Kings fandom on fire in person. And one of the biggest tragedies to me about this season is the fact that Tyrese Halliburton has played so well and has yet not been able to experience what real Kings basketball is, and that's 17,000-plus crazy loyal fans supporting you, screaming at you, and cheering you on on your home floor. 
The Kings have a distinct home court advantage, unlike anywhere else in this league, one that cannot be taken away by over a decade of playoffless basketball. I'm excited for Tyrese Halliburton to experience that. I'm jealous that those cardboard cutouts get to experience that. I can't wait for real, emotional, non-generic, pumped-in crowd noise inside that building again. There's a lot from this game that I want to cover. Also, the celebrations were awesome. Seeing Tyrese Halliburton dump water on Harrison Barnes during his post-game TV interview and then absolutely being mobbed in the locker room, having water dumped all over him. You would have thought the Kings won the NBA Finals or were playoff bound based off of that celebration inside the locker room. But it was a fun moment. It was fun to see. Harrison Barnes said after the game that he feels like something's different, that something's changing, like this is the start of something for the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if I'm quite there yet yet because remember the ups and downs that we've been on this season already right the Kings have had stretches like this before and then absolutely collapse now hopefully this team is different they've made some changes at this trade deadline that that collapse won't happen but as of right now we are enjoying this high but let's be honest here for a second we were one Harrison Barnes miracle shot away from being frustrated today Because this Cavaliers game was a classic trap game, playing this team for the second time in a week span, beating them the first time pretty easily on the road at home. You figure you can handle your business even if it's right after the trade deadline. This game should not have been as close as it was. And you know me, I don't like to say the Kings should win this basketball game. They haven't earned that right yet. That being said, the Kings are far more capable of putting together significantly better performances than what they put together in that win on Saturday. Now the good news is they played bad they still won the game so you can move on past that but there are some things from this game that absolutely cannot happen for the remainder of this season if the Kings want a chance at the play-in tournament and the playoffs first thing De'Aaron Fox has been phenomenal over these last couple of weeks. He is for sure going to win the Western Conference Player of the Week award. If he does not, it is rigged, and I will not hear otherwise. That being said, while he did score 36 points, continuing to make 30-plus point performances look easy, 17 of those points came in the fourth quarter. Now, it was great to see De'Aaron Fox put the team on his back and do what needed to be done for the Kings to have a chance to win that game, but you need more production out of De'Aaron earlier in the game. It's great to see that he has that superstar get-on-my-back ability for the Kings to take over when needed, but that takeover ability needs to come a bit earlier, and we know he's capable of that, especially after the game that he had against the Golden State Warriors. Now, do I expect De'Aaron Fox to have 44 points a night? Absolutely not but we should not have to wait till the fourth quarter to see that super engaged De'Aaron Fox to come out. On top of that, Fox needs more help than what he got in this game. Only 10 points for Buddy Heald. 16 points for Harrison Barnes is pretty good. Only 10 points for Rashawn Holmes. Only 13 points for Tyrese Halliburton. And then a combined 15 points off of the bench. If the Kings are going to be effective offensively, and we know offense is their strength, they have to have at least two other players not named De'Aaron Fox scoring 15-plus points or at least one other player scoring 20-plus points. This wasn't enough of an offensive contribution. If the Kings are playing anybody else, they lose this game. I'm very confident in that. They lose this game if they're only putting together 100 points offensively. 
Now, full credit to the Kings' defense for holding an opponent to under 100 points, holding the Cavaliers to just 98. But look at the weapons that this Cleveland team has. They're capable of scoring, but not at the clip that the Kings are capable of scoring. This game should not have been as close as it was. Now, I mentioned the bench only scored 15 combined points, but that's because three out of the four players who played off the bench are new to this team. Davis, Wright, Harkless... All getting playing time. Wright played the most, had four points, three rebounds, a couple of assists in 23 minutes. All three looked like they were trying to figure things out, trying to fit in. That's going to come with time. I'm not too worried about that. I'm not going to harp on that too much. I expect more production out of some, if not all of those players off of the bench as they get more comfortable. But what a phenomenal moment for those three to be a part of. Hey, welcome to Sacramento. Welcome to the Kings. Here's a Harrison Barnes game winner and celebration that you're a part of, and this team is making a legitimate play-in and playoff push. And you can contribute. Welcome. We need you. That's exactly what I wanted to see from those three guys getting to experience that, and I hope they're ready to really buy in and contribute to what is going to be still a pretty uphill battle. Also, there was an anomaly in this game. The Kings only shot 23% from three-point range. That is not going to happen very often. Seven of 30 from three-point range. That percentage looks even a little bit better. The Kings are winning this game fairly comfortably. So I'm not freaking out about it too much. Here's the standing situation, though. The Kings are only one game out of the 10th and final play-in spot. They're a game and a half out of the ninth seed and the other play-in spot. But they're only three games out of eighth and three and a half games out of seventh right now. I'm not predicting this, and I'm not getting too high after a win and not buying too much into this team who's on this win streak right now, but making the seventh or eighth seed is not out of the realm of possibility for the Kings. I just want to say that, put it out there, there's plenty of time, plenty of mathematic possibility for them to catch those teams. Again, not predicting it, but saying that's something to keep an eye out for as well. But overall, looking at this game as a whole from a bird's eye view, phenomenal game winner from Harrison Barnes. Also, excellent pass from De'Aaron Fox, by the way. I haven't even touched on that. An amazing assist, that full court pass, or really three-quarters court pass, to give Harrison Barnes a shot there towards the end. Kings have won four straight, six of their last seven. It's awesome, but we were one game winner away from it being a pretty bad loss. And the Kings have an upcoming difficult schedule. The Spurs twice, Lakers, Bucks, T-Wolves, Pistons, Jazz, Pels. Definitely some losable games and definitely some winnable games. That's an eight-game stretch. Kings find a way to split those eight games. Go 500, 4-4, and get one of these games against the Spurs, try and take advantage of the weakened Lakers, beat the T-Wolves, beat the Pistons, and maybe even beat the Pels. There's five wins right there. I'm accepting that a loss to the Jazz is likely. I'm accepting that a loss to the Bucks is likely. And the San Antonio Spurs are the seventh seed for a reason right now. They're a good team. So I expect the Kings to lose at least one of those games. Find a way to win four of the next eight. Then we'll see where we're at. No more of this extreme up, extreme down. If you want to keep this win streak going, I'm all for it. But if you're going to lose, don't come crashing down through earth all the way into the pits of basketball hell. 
This episode of Locked On Kings is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action with the NBA, March Madness, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing, not to mention the MLB about to begin this week. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV too. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Make some money. Even check out the Locked On Bets podcast that we have here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, dedicated to help you make some cash on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What a strange season it has been. So many ups and downs and still so much time to go. And hopefully the Kings will be taking it all the way to the wire, potentially playing some postseason basketball or at least the play-in part of the postseason doesn't really count. If you think that counts as part of the postseason, you can try and make an argument, but I don't think you're going to sway me. At Matt George Radio on Twitter, email me, mgeorge at SAC Local Media if you want to. But one area of this year, a major change that I have gone through is that I have now fully accepted that Marvin Bagley is not part of the Sacramento Kings future. You heard me talk a lot last week during trade deadline week about the increased probability of the Kings trying to trade Marvin Bagley, trying to move on from him, shopping him to other teams, discussions with uh, teams like the Atlanta Hawks, discussions uh, with the Detroit Pistons. And I have come to the conclusion, it's a very unfortunate conclusion, but Marvin Bagley, he is not part of this Sacramento Kings core. Now he can still be part of this team going forward forward I hope he is not but let's say he comes back for the second half or the the final few weeks of the season coming back from his current injury he's coming back in a bench role he's not starting you're not moving him back into the starting lineup that ship has sailed to me Marvin Bagley is on this team at best a bench scorer and stat sheet stuffer that is it your closing lineup and starting lineup is what it is Marvin is not a part of it And I know Marvin Bagley wants to move on, wants a fresh start. I know the Kings want to move on from Marvin Bagley and his money in particular. And while Marvin's value might be low right now, hopefully Monty McNair can cash in on increased value this upcoming offseason. It's a gamble like we've talked about last week. There's no guarantee that the Kings will be able to move on from him for anything better than maybe what they got offered at this trade deadline or for anything at all. The Kings aren't just going to give away a former number two overall pick for rags. Although when you start feeling the pressure of a very tight cap sheet, maybe it forces you to compromise a little bit, not be so stubborn when it comes to asking prices. And I know some of you who have listened to the Locked On Kings podcast for a long time said, hey, Matt, you said with extended minutes, you thought Marvin Bagley was going to win most improved player. I did say that. I also made two music videos about the guy. I had high expectations for Marvin Bagley that, quite frankly, he has not lived up to. And it's not all his fault. The injuries certainly have a massive thing to do with it. And also, overall, you can see that the Kings are not necessarily a better basketball team when he is not playing, but they are a more effective basketball team. And the big thing to me, the big part of that, and even when he was playing, we noticed this with Marvin not being on the floor to close a lot of close games. When Marvin and Buddy Heald are on the floor at the same time, the Kings suck. And that's because 
Marvin and Buddy are two of the worst defenders in the NBA. I would go as far to say as starters at their position, Marvin and Buddy are the worst defenders in the NBA amongst starters at their position. I don't have stats to back that up. In fact, I should go into a deep dive on that and let you know on a future Locked on Kings podcast. But if they're not the worst, they're damn close. We're seeing the Kings play a little bit better defense and have success with a lineup that, yes, does feature Buddy Heald playing the three spot, but defensively the lineup is better because four guys can make up for the lapses of Buddy Heald better than three guys can make up for the lapses of Buddy and Bagley combined. I think both of them have to go. I would like for the Kings to find a way to move on from both of them this upcoming offseason, although Marvin's going to be a lot easier to move, in my opinion, than Buddy Heald in his contract is. If you didn't hear my conversation with the Athletics' Jason Jones on Friday, go back and listen to it. One of the questions I asked him is, how sustainable is this Kings starting and closing five right now with Buddy Heald at the three? That three-guard lineup, how sustainable is that? And Jason kind of laughed at it. He said, it's not sustainable. It's working right now. But if the Kings are going into next season with expectations of being a solid playoff team, a team that is definitely in the seventh, even sixth or fifth seed conversation, you're not going to get there with Buddy Heald as your starting three. He says it's not going to happen. I agree with him. So how in the world do you think plugging Marvin Bagley into that mix as well is going to work? I think Rashawn Holmes is significantly better with Harrison Barnes. I think just the fit is significantly better. It's a lot better for De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, too. Marvin Bagley is not part of this core anymore. Definitely not the core core of Fox and Halliburton, and I wouldn't even put him on the same tier as Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes at this point. If the Kings make the play-in tournament, they'll likely get a draft pick between 11 and 14, assuming the lottery plays out like it probably will. Is there a way that the Kings could take that lottery pick Pair it with Marvin Bagley to convince a team to take his $11 million contract and get back a solid contributor in return. I don't have any names for you. We'll re-examine that as we get closer to the offseason. But that is a strategy or an idea that I would have in my head if I was Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings. I've told you already, Rashawn Holmes is a top priority this offseason. Resigning Rashawn Holmes is a top priority. And you heard Jason Jones say that he would be very surprised if Rashawn wasn't a king going forward. You should be thrilled by that. I know I'm thrilled by that. But to me, moving Marvin Bagley or Buddy Heald or both should be priority number two. And I think it's going to be Marvin that is on the move. Built Bar Madness continues. We're still waiting for the winner of the final enticing eight matchup to find out who will join Mint Brownie, Cookies and Cream, and Cookie Dough Chunk in the Flavorful Four. Today's matchup, Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Caramel Brownie. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I've told you about Built Bar for a while. The delicious tasting protein bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, 100% chocolate on every single bar. I love them. Everybody who I know who has tried them has loved them. You should too. And what we're trying to do here during this month of March is find out which Built Bar is the best. So, Built Bar Madness was born. And we are now down to the final battle of the enticing eight. Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Neither of these two, in my opinion, have a chance of beating my mint brownie, of course, in the flavorful four. But... If I were to pick between the two who should move on, I prefer Caramel Brownie personally. Not much of a coconut guy, although that coconut brownie chunk bar, pretty good. 
If you want to vote on today's matchup, you can do so on BuiltBar.com or tweet at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to submit your vote. And remember, head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who wins today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com this morning, I filled in for Carmichael Dave on the KHDK Morning Show with Jay Mars. I do that every once in a while on Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I will be doing so again tomorrow. But one of the discussions that we had on today's show was where Harrison Barnes's game winner on Saturday night ranks amongst all-time game winners for the Kings really over the last 20 years or so. Jay and I had a good discussion on it. Here's what we said. And I want to hear your top Kings game winner moments and where Harrison Barnes ranks on that list on the other side. All right, three for men this time. Number one, where do you rank Harrison Barnes game winner from Saturday night in all-time Kings game winning shots? So when I really think of those buzzer beaters, I, I, I kind of go to kind of the last 10 to 15 years, so to speak, uh, the Bibby game winners. Nice shots, but not ridiculously memorable. To me, the most what? not ridiculously memorable, but not ridiculously memorable. Bibby's game winner in not the playoffs. Not in the Lakers game. Oh. I'm seeing bu- his buzzer beaters against like Memphis, and I believe it was okay. the Clippers. You scared me. I was no, that's, oh, no, that's like the most iconic moment yeah, in team num- history. That's number one. <laughs> Again, I'm looking at just buzzer beaters, though. To me, I still think the best one, because of the difficulty of the shot, was uh, Tyreek Evans against Memphis, yeah, the, the half-court court. shot. Yep. My second favorite is Bogey against the Lakers. Bards against the Cavs is number three. Because of, I love De'Aaron Fox just going QB1 and throwing just a touchdown to Harrison. And that was the equivalent of Harrison catching, turning around, and spiking it right in Colin Sexton's face. The difficulty that goes into just that play 
Nonetheless, making a turnaround three with 1.6 seconds on the clock and someone's in your face. Not quite as memorable to me as Tyreek and Bogey, but a solid number three. So you did just buzzer beater shots. I'm looking at buzzer the, beaters here. Well, the verbiage says game winners. Sorry. So number one is absolutely Bibby's game winner over the Lakers, even if it wasn't at the buzzer. Number two is a game winning buzzer beater, and that's Kevin Martin's layup against the San Antonio oh, Spurs you know what? in the playoffs. You're right. That is actually, that goes to my number one. That's, you are correct. I forgot about that. You are right. That's oh okay. That's number one because the Bibby one of the buzzer beaters. Yeah, that's uh, the Kevin Martin game winner against the Spurs. Uh, For me, number three is probably Tyreek's half court shot. Number four is Bogey step back, and then I'd put Harrison Barnes as number five. That's okay. So we're kind of basically in the same ballpark here. And if it would if it had happened in Sacramento, I think it would be higher up in the list. But. No, Nemin is was good too. But uh, Fox is tip dunk in Miami. Oh yeah, that was great. So yeah, we've had a lot of. I guess through all the crap that Kings fans have gone through the last 15 seasons, that is one thing we can say we have gotten is some great buzzer beaters. I mean, we've gotten some really good game-tying shots, yeah. too, in Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox delivered one against Brooklyn not too long ago from the baseline. Uh, Buddy Heald hit a really big game. I mean, how about the Nemanja Bielitsa yeah. four-point play? How did we forget Buddy's tipping from this year? And Buddy's game winner in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, like the Kings have given us a lot of good game winners just amongst amongst garbage seasons. I think that's what we should do is string together just um, a collage of all those game winners and just run them back in our heads so it makes us feel better about this team and the direction they've gone the last 15 years. Truth be told, I can't tell you how much time I have spent during this season pandemic period of no game or no fans of the golden one center how much time i've spent just going down rabbit holes of highlights and games and moments with crowd reaction in the golden one center like i miss it so freaking much those pops that energy that excitement like i cannot wait to get back to that yes safely but i've gone down many a rabbit hole with arco and golden one center fans i thought the cardboard cutouts did their thing cardboard cutouts are garbage (laughs) So now it's your turn. Where does that Harrison Barnes game winner go on your list of Kings game winners? Let's say since the year 2000. My list again, I still have the Mike Bibby game winner against the Lakers as number one. The Kevin Martin game winner against the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs as number two. The Bogdan Bogdanovich, actually rather the Tyreek Evans game winner from half court number three. Bogdan Bogdanovich is number four. And then that Harrison Barnes one at number five. Let me know if you agree with that list or not. Send me your own list at Matt George Radio on Twitter. Email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Please tune in tomorrow morning to Sports 1140 KHDK. It's AM 1140 on your radio dial if you are here local in Sacramento. You can also listen on radio.com or you can listen on khdk.com. I'm talking about the radio.com app. There's also a KHDK app that you can download as well. We have a text line, a call-in line. If you want to call in or text in and let me know you listen to the Locked on Kings podcast, that would be fantastic. Also, check out my conversation with Sean Cunningham and Lena Washington from ABC10. You can find that on ABC10's YouTube channel or on abc10.com. We had a little roundtable discussing the recent play of De'Aaron Fox plus the trade deadline moves and GM Monty McNair's comments from last week. Let that hold you over until tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Please join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team 
every day.